Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach repping the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Coming to you live, 4th Down Experience Podcast. We are here. We have over 2,000 listens. I'm excited. Chris, I know you're excited. And we have an awesome guest on the show. But first, Chris, let's talk about the Combine. Let's talk about life. What's going on with you? What's up, 4DE Nation? Uh, Doing well over here. Uh, Excited with the growth of the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for the support. You? Uh, we talked last week. We hit the 2,000 listeners slash subscriber uh, milestone, and it's growing. So thank you, guys. Um, the feedback has been great. Uh, we're getting feedback from, from even the specialists. The, the guys we interview have uh, been listening to the podcast, so we love that, and thank you, guys. So, um, But, yes, I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, we're getting hit with a snowstorm today uh, up in Minnesota, so we just can't shake the snow. Of course. Of course, you live in Minnesota, Chris. It snows there pretty much eight months out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Not so bad, but that's I will say that is the mindset of all the southern specialists that I talk to. They think they we have snow twelve months out of the year. But <laughs> nice. Not the case. Maybe six, you know, but uh yeah, so we're almost done with this stuff. Yeah, so but, hey guys, podcast sixteen, episode sixteen, whatever you want to call it. Uh this is a great one. Uh, gonna have a special guest on the East Coast from the NFL that's gonna be on the show. But first, we need to talk about the combine, Chris. Uh, it's a hot topic every year. A lot of talented specialists going on. So let's talk about the NFL combine. Yes, sir. So I'm sure most of you guys have been following it. Um, for those that haven't, you know the, the NFL combines when they invite the, the best of the best. Uh, typically to perform and get tested and evaluated and you're in front of the, the scouts and they interview you. And um, so for us, it's fun to track the specialists that do get invited. And so we just wanted to talk about it, see, you know, talk about who's been performing well. Um, and really just, just discuss and get your feedback too. So um, leading into this, there were, uh, well, actually, Brian, have you had a chance to watch the uh, any combine stuff yet? Uh, all I saw was Eddie Pinero um, had put up some highlights of him kicking. I think like a 53-yard field goal. Uh, I saw him, uh, just from a specialist standpoint here, uh, I saw him put up a 75-yard touchback. And then I saw uh, Michael Badgley um, uh, from Miami run a sub, a sub, or I think he ran like a 4940 or 4840, something like that. Um, so I think maybe here, I think that you have on our notes that Carlson did really well. Maybe maybe even too well where he was perfect, which is a good thing that you did too well there. But other than that, I, I I've seen the story of the outstanding linebacker from Central Florida uh, that that's making headlines. Um, but uh, what what about you? I've been mainly following it through social media. You know that's typically when you get that up to the second, up to the minute type of updates. So like you said, I think I've seen some of the same stuff you mentioned, and then um, you know different long jump type stuff, but. 
there are 12 specialists that that are participating currently. We got Bagley, like you mentioned, he's the, he's a Miami kicker. Uh, Drew Brown from Nebraska, Daniel Carlson, Auburn, Eddie Pinero, Florida. One long snapper, uh, Tanner Carew from Oregon, uh, Trevor Daniel from Tennessee, Joseph Davidson from Bowling Green, Michael Dixon from Texas, J.K. Scott from Alabama, Johnny Townsend, another Florida Gator uh, punter, Shane uh, Trapuca, hopefully I said that right, from Texas A&M, and then last but not least, Ryan Winslow from Pittsburgh, uh, wow. punter. So, um, good mix of specialists that are being represented and uh, truly truly worth it, you know, for the guys that, that did get that invite. And we know that there's plenty of good specialists out there but that, that didn't get the invite, uh, but it's cool to see who did. Yeah, and for those of you that are wanting to know what these guys do, uh, kickers, as far as the physical aspect, uh, they have 11 kickoffs, teams chart hang time and distance. Uh, they get 15 field goals, and then two NFL extra point tries, which most of you know is from 33 yards out. Um, they also have like a scripted rotation in which kickers kind of switch off field goal attempts and then come into pressure situation. Uh, and then coaches also have like a short set of fundamental drills, including like a six-yard field goal over the crossbar just kind of to test out their trajectory. Um, on that note, Daniel Carlson, uh, who will potentially be a future guest on the 4DE um, podcast. So 4DE Nation, be ready for that. Make sure you're subscribed to us so you get the notification. He went perfect, didn't miss one, and quoted here, not him quoted, the, the guy that wrote this article, remains superhuman. So how about that, Chris? Oh, that's great. I mean, this is the interview. This is the biggest interview of her life, practically, as a specialist. You know, granted, they have the private workouts and the private interviews, but to perform on this stage when you know that you have uh, TV stations from all over the world watching you, I mean, that's great. So um, congratulations, Daniel, so far, and good luck with with how this all uh, progresses for you. Yeah, and punters, we're not leaving you out. The punters, they have six punts down the middle of the field for distance team also um the teams will chart their hang time for all kicks so those are kind of like letting you just punt away uh going right down the middle just hey show us what you got and then you have three directionals to the right sideline then three to the left and then three pooch punts where you're trying to get it inside the 15 inside the 10 yard line uh but that's that's the workout for the kickers and punters snappers are are snapping to the punters as well as the um in different situations and scenarios uh with, with field goals uh, but typically, we don't have as many snappers that come to the combine. So, uh, man, that's just a, a really good, precise workout. And those guys, basically, you just got to come and, and perform. You only have so many reps in the game, so you got to perform at the combine as well. Yeah, what I find is interesting is a lot of these aspects and charts that these guys do are the things that you find at a lot of the camps that we run or just the camps out there. So, you know, not much different besides it just being on a larger scale you know, to what you got to do. Um, but for aspiring specialists, um, maybe wanting to try to take it to that next level, um, you know, these are good things to work on. You know, your directional rights, your directional lefts, nailing a pooch punt as close to the goal line as possible. And, and um, you know, obviously doing very well on uh, 11 kickoffs or 10 kickoffs and being able to sustain an average fairly high uh, in, that, yeah. in that realm. And before we get into the interview here, uh, one really funny note, um, you know, at the Combine, they do a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, they, they wake you up in the middle of the night. Um, they keep you up late uh, just to kind of just test test you. There's a lot of things they do. But Michael Dixon, who was the punter at Texas Longhorns, 
he was there, and the Seattle Seahawks actually uh, did something pretty odd with him. They made him do an eye, like a, a, a staring contest. And, and here's Dixon quoted. He was like, I had to see how long I could stare without blinking. I had a couple of attempts. I tried a few techniques, looking away from light, trying to block any sort of wind coming into the eyes. It was just such a weird process. Chris, how, that'd be crazy, man, if you went to the combine and a team was like, hey, we're about to have you do a staring contest. Like, how would you react? I'd be all game for it, man. I, w- I, am all, I would be all American in a staring contest. I beat my seven-year-old and four-year-old all the time in staring contests. That would not phase me. I'd probably be a number one draft pick if I had to base it all on a staring contest with the combine. Yeah, he said also here, the first time I did terrible, Dixon said, I only lasted 14 seconds, which I think that's pretty damn good. But my third time I had it figured out. I, I tried a different technique to look around the room just to get my eyes a little watery, and it worked. So I lasted a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's great. Um, so thought we'd highlight just a few uh, performances with these guys at the Combine here. Um, J.K. Scott, sounds like he ran uh, a 4.8340 and nice. actually was the top performer of the specialist in the broad jump and the three-cone drill. So congratulations, J.K. Scott. Yeah, he's a big body. Yep. Michael Bagley, uh, 4.9440. 40, which is very respectable, uh, was the top performer in the broad jump as well. So he, they must have uh, did well together. Um, Trevor Daniel, 498 in the 40, top performer in the bench press among specialists, it appears. Um, and then Tanner Crew, uh, the long snapper, the lonely long snapper, 5-0 on the 40. So congratulations to you guys that, uh, that did well. I thought this was a really cool quote by Daniel Carlson. Um, he said, kickers generally love the change to a bigger ball, referencing going to the NFL ball. All right, you know, going from the college ball, which is either like Wilson or Nike or Under Armour, etc. He says, it's just easier to kick, typically. It travels a little farther even. I've enjoyed it. It's not going to make the biggest difference in the world or anything. You've still got to kick it straight and kick it as far as you can, but it's been fun working at that next level. And that's been provided here by SEC Country. But... Man, uh, I, I'm proud of these guys. They did a great job. But you know what I'm more proud of, Chris? Is our what po- is that? Our podcast, 4DE Nation. We have a great guy on the line coming up soon. And I'm just stoked for all of us to gain more information and insight at the NFL level. Uh, we haven't had many of these guys on the podcast yet. Uh, first, from where he's from. Second, from the position of guys we've interviewed. So, uh Excited to get to know this guy a little bit more because he's, he's got a really interesting history. He's one of the fortunate few guys to get the opportunity to get hear his name called in the, um, on the big draft day. So I'm excited to, to talk to this guy and to have everybody hear who he is. All right, here he is. How you doing? Good, mate. How are you? Doing great. How you doing? This is Chris on the other line. Welcome to the fourth down experience. I probably appreciate having me. Yeah, we have our first Australian on the podcast. We are so excited. Lachlan Edwards of the New York Jets joins us. And, Locke, you are not in New York, though. Where are you at right now? No, so I spend my off-seasons uh, between Austin, Texas and uh, San Diego. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit warmer down here than, than New York right now. So, um, yeah, just throwing out from the season. Very cool. Uh 
Chris, um, one of our podcasters here, is up in the Minnesota weather dealing with snow and all that cold stuff. I'm in Alabama, so I know how you feel, Locke. Uh, we're, we're excited that you're on here. Uh, Chris, I know you're already itching to ask him some questions. Go ahead. I, go ahead, man. Yes. So, Locke, you are our second punter on the podcast so far. So, as a fellow punter, you know, that was that was my niche for when I was trying to pursue the league. I always love talking the, the punting game. So, um, but let's just start this off. You just finished your second year with the New York Jets. In your perspective, how did the season go for you, and what were some of the highlights um, and things you learned from the season? Uh, so, you know, my second year was a, it was a lot easier for me, I guess, um, than my first year. It, uh, it was good to bounce back after, you know, a shaky rookie year. Um, but also, you know, you, you learn a lot from your first year. So this last year was good to, to have a pretty decent uh, uh, gross average and net average um, and then, you know, a decent amount inside 20. So um, it was good to finally show, you know, why people why they drafted me. So, um, and, uh, you know, even though we punted, we punted a lot, I think I punted second most in the league with, with 94. Um you know, it was good to keep your average up over that those many punts up in the northeast because it gets a little bit tough, you know, after November. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's go ahead, Chris. Yeah, that's uh, that's fantastic. Um, I've seen punters, uh, some collegiate punters, uh, punt eighty times in a season, and the fact that you were able to punt so many times and actually break records for the Jets and gross average with forty six point six yards and net average forty point five. I mean, that's fantastic and. When I was doing a little research on you, I think last year, you, unfortunately, last year, right, where you were, you finished last in net punting. What did you do different between this off season last year and this year? What do you think were some of the keys to your success this year? Um, yeah, so, I mean, it was, the first year in the NFL is the longest season you'll ever play because you go straight from college, you know, through those, uh, the bowl games. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to the combine, so... You train for the combine, and then you private workouts, and then you go straight into OTAs and camp. So you you really don't get a break, and your body's going from the start of your college, you know, senior year of college. Um, and I think just by you know the end of my rookie year, I started to get some bad habits, sort of compensating just for, for getting a little bit tired throughout the season. Um, I wasn't really, I guess, used to the the New York weather. I came from you know Australia and then down to Texas where you know, very rarely is it under 40. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there were some teething problems going on in my first year, but, um, you know, this, this off, or the, the first off-season, um, you know, I really just try to focus in on, uh, you know, the technical side of football and, and um, you know, understanding the punts and, and what happens when I hit a punt a certain way because, you know, halfway through a season, it's hard to make adjustments, um because you see yourself punt every day, you may miss some technical errors on when you're watching film and stuff. And um, so knowing how the ball flies, you know the way you punt it, and then when you're punting good, the way the ball flies, you can sort of, um, you know, watching the ball flight tell, oh, you know, I I didn't point my toe that one, or I dropped it inside that one. So I really just gained a bit more knowledge of of how the ball flies off my foot and. Um, just really focus on staying technically sound the entire season and just looking after my body a bit more. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was good to 
that the uh, on-field performance, you know, reflected the hard work I had in the off-season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a drastic difference from year one to year two. And, and what's good is it sounds like you have coaches that understand, like, hey, it's your rookie year and just got to make some adjustments and changes. And then and then you killed it your second year. Uh, I have a question. So we um, interviewed your long snapper recently, um, Thomas Hennessy. And uh, it was a yep. fant- fantastic interview. Uh, he spoke very highly of you, of course. Um, but, you know, he came in, uh, I think, in your fourth preseason game, I believe. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. He came in and we um, we ended up, you know, fourth preseason games uh, is a little bit rough on special teams. We ended up punting a lot just because, you know, the, the starters barely even play. Um, so it was... Uh, Tom came in and had to do 10 snaps, and we maybe had one live practice together. So he did really good under pressure to come in and, and uh, you know, keep his head on the whole, the whole game for 10 snaps and then however many, you know, uh, short snaps we had as well. Nice. So as soon as he came in, obviously you guys just had to wing it, and, and it worked out. Um, as the season went on uh, and you guys got to know each other and, and performed well with each other, uh, did you have like a specific spot that you would tell him, like, "Hey, I, I like the ball right on my hip, or I like it right on my chest"? Uh, what, what was your preference, and what was that kind of communication that you had with him? So, um, you know, when it comes to snaps, I'm not really too picky about it. Um, you know, coming from Australian football, it's a, it's a really dynamic game, so you got to be able to deal with the ball coming in at sort of at any angle. So, I really just gave him, you know, a window. I said from my shoulders down to my mid thigh. If you get anywhere in that window, you know, we'll be good. So um, as long as I'm, I'm not jumping left and right sideways where, you know, we'll be in for a pretty good punt. So, um, yeah, that's really all I said to him. And, and he did a great job of, of banging it on my hip anyway. He's, uh, he's, a, you know, he's a hell of a snapper. So, um, yeah, I try to keep it as, as easy as I can because I know how tough it is, is you know, snapping and then jumping up and, and blocking a guy. Yeah. So, Lachlan, i got a question for you. Um, I've had the chance to meet a few Australian punters uh, over the years. Um, you guys adapt really well to American football and punt the ball really well. I'm just curious, um, when did you discover American football? How did you get interested in the punting? And what's your story from how you got from Australia to here and into the league? Well, how, did, how did that go about? Sorry. Um, I mean, I always, I always sort of knew about American football, you know, it was never really uh, far off from me. Um, I would watch it every now and then if it was on TV, but it never really was on TV, especially at the, at the right time, um, because I think Australia's about uh, 16 hours ahead of time. It, you know, Sunday football is, you know, either middle of the night or Monday morning when you go going to school or work or, or whatever. So wow. um, it wasn't really till uh, it was a Super Bowl, it might have been, it was either 2011 or 2012, the Super Bowl. It was the Baltimore Ravens were playing. That's all I remember. And uh, I was bartending at the time, and I saw um, I was just watching, you know, one of the one of the fourth down plays, and saw a punt, and I was like, oh, you know, I, I think I could do that. And uh, you know, it wasn't. Uh, uh, once I got to college, you know, I, I realized it, it wasn't that easy. Um, it's uh, you know, come from Australia, I think, because you kick the ball so much in Australian football that. You know, you think it's it's that easy, but it really isn't. Um, so, um, when I was trying to come over, we put together some YouTube clips um, and uh, sent them, emailed them to a bunch of colleges. 
you know, got the automated bounce back message from most of them, but, uh, you know, got a couple walking offers and then I was choosing between Fordham University and Sam Houston State and, uh, you know, I chose Sam Houston State. I thought the climate was pretty similar to Australia. Um, they actually had an Australian punter before me and, uh, yeah, it was a pretty easy, easy transition. So, um, they took a chance with me and, you know, I came down on a half scholarship from Australia and, uh, yeah, and then that's history. Very nice. Uh, so when you came over to the States and, and you're playing and you're in that locker room and you're kind of just like still still new to American football, uh, what was kind of like the locker room like? I mean, uh, I mean, both Chris and I have done it. Uh, I was at Ball State. Chris was at St. Thomas. You know, and there's, uh, there's a lot of swagger in the locker room. But, I mean, you Australians have swagger too. So, But, I mean, there's an adjustment with culture. So what was that like when, when you're in that locker room and you're in Texas – you know, with with a bunch of Americans. <laughs> yeah, it was it was, uh, it was crazy to say the least. You know, <laughs> I, I got in. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't understand me, and then I didn't really understand a lot of a lot of people in the locker room either. With uh, you know the, the slang terms that people used, and a lot of the times would someone would ask me a question, and I would respond to them, and they wouldn't understand what I said, <laughs> and I you know I wouldn't really understand what they were saying, so we would just sort of walk our separate ways. <laughs> uh, but, after, you know, after a month or so, I started to pick it up and, you know, people sort of warmed to me, I guess, and started figuring out what I was saying. Um, you know, I still got to repeat myself a lot, but, um, no, it was uh, it was great. You know, you go from Australia where, you know, the locker rooms are a little bit smaller. You've only got maybe 30 people in the locker room to, you know, training camp in college is about 100 guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was great. So, so... My wife is actually from Brazil, and uh, there's a close-knit Brazilian community here in Minnesota. I was curious, when you came to the States from Australia, is there a little Australian group of specialists that you guys all kind of talk to and your kind of support group with each other, or uh, what's the, if so, you know, what's that like? Um, see, so I, I came through a different way, so I didn't know a lot of the other, the other Australian guys in college at the time. I knew um, Hamish McGuinness, he was... Uh, he was punter at uh, Jacksonville State in uh, in Alabama. So, um, you know, we would text back and forth, and and uh, you know, that was really I would sort of ask him, you know, questions that we would would tell our stories from the locker room and stuff together. But you know, really, I just sort of tried to embrace as much American culture as I could because I didn't know how long I was going to get. I knew I had three years of college, um, and then that was it. So that's all I was guaranteed. So, um, you know, I just tried to make the most of it. Nice. Uh, hey, Locke, um, so, I mean, I'm just I'm calling you Locke for short for Lachlan. I just don't, you know, I'm, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name and all but correctly. So when you when you were in that locker room, again, I'm going to go back to that group. Uh, after they got to know you, I'm sure they, they liked you a lot. Obviously, you're punting bombs. Uh, did they start giving you any, like, nicknames? Because, I mean, a lot of us have nicknames as specialists, and I was just curious, did you ever get one, or do you still have one? Um, I mean, apart from them just calling me, me Ozzy or Locke, it was, uh, I mean, I've had a, a nickname in Australia and a lot of people call me Nessie in, uh, in relation to, uh, you know, the Loch Ness Monster, but, um, nice. you know, that doesn't really, nice. that, may, that may stick in Australian football, but, you know, I was one of the smallest guys in the field when I got to college, so it didn't really relate at all. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your height and weight? Uh, I'm about six five, and right now I'm sitting around two ten. And you're a small guy. 
Uh, I mean, when I got to college, when I went to, when I got to college, I was uh, I think I was like one eighty eight. Oh, okay, got you. Muscle wise, height wise, you're you were yeah. tall. You just had to get some muscle on you. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, Locke. So, question. So, as we're seeing on TV on the NFL Network, um, the NFL Combine's going on. So, you had mentioned you got invited to the Combine. Um, a lot of specialists are going through that right now, especially if they're seniors and. and I think the kind of the select 25 or so that got invited. Tell everybody what that experience is like. Maybe finishing off your senior year, you're maybe feeling good because you're having a good year. What's that sort of process like when you're sort of thinking about maybe declaring for the draft and um, getting invited to the combine and you know things like that? What's what's that process like for you and and, and kind of share your experience? So. Um... I mean, I I, uh, I also went to the NFL PA Bowl, so and that was that was before the combine, and that was even before I knew I got invited to the combine. So my uh, a lot of my energy and, and focus was on that that bowl game, and um, you meet a lot of the, the scouts and staff and the teams at those bowl games. So you kind of get a head start on the, the competition, I guess, if you go to one of those those bowl games. Um, so after I did pretty well there, you know, I, I discovered I got invited to the combine. So um, it's really just, you know, try not to do too much and just keep, uh, you know, keep doing what, what got you there in the first place. You know, it's uh, it's a big mental game, you know, more than it is a physical game. So, especially for us, you know, specialists. So, um, you know, I wasn't, luckily enough, we, we don't have to focus on, you know, the, the, the bench press and the 40 and everything. That's sort of a, you know, an extra thing if you want to do that. But, uh, you know, we focus on our craft. So, um, the week, you know, the week is, is pretty tiring, actually. You know, there's a lot of early mornings, um, a lot of late nights talking to scouts and stuff, and you really just got to find a way to, to block out all the unnecessary stuff and, and just focus on, on your your game because um, you've got, you know, you've got six other guys there competing with you who are, you know, just as good, if not, you know, better than you. So um, you just got to go out and focus on your own game, get your own ball, Um Try not to get sucked in and trying to compete with someone and just sort of compete with yourself out there on the field. Yeah, so Locke, when uh, we just heard uh, just recently, um, you may have saw it too on social media, I don't know, but there was a specialist that had to do a staring contest at the combine, um, which was kind of interesting. Did you have to do anything like weird? Was there something? Was there a really random question that they asked you or anything just just abnormal? See, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really recall any. You know, out of the ordinary questions. Um, you know, I heard about there being some every year, and and some guys said they they had some weird stuff, but uh, no one really, I guess, messed around with me or or anything like that. I don't I don't know why, um, but yeah, I've heard they they do some absurd stuff out there. <laughs> nice. So talk us through a little bit more of the combine. When you were, go- I got a few questions here, kind of back to back. When you were going through the coaches' interviews, were there any coaches there where you were kind of starstruck, like, oh, my gosh, that's Bill Belichick or that's whoever? And then also when you were going through the combine, were there other kickers and punters and you were like, wow, that's that's this punter, he, he played for this school. Like, did you get starstruck at all while you were kind of going through this? See, this is where, um, you know, being Australian and, and being a bit naive when it comes to American football sort of paid, you know, it, was, it paid off for me because – um, I guess I, I, I wasn't really starstruck because a lot of the time I didn't I didn't sort of grasp how you know uh, the people who were in front of me and talking to me I didn't 
right. I guess I didn't think how important they were or or the people I was competing against because I really didn't know a whole lot about them, um, which I think helped me in the end because mm. I was a little bit more calm. Um, but, I mean, I knew who I was competing against, of course. You know, you're looking up guys' stats and stuff before you go into the combine and you're trying to think who's going to be your biggest com- competition and stuff. So, um, I mean, I knew some of those guys. I knew the, the big Australian going in there was uh, was Tom Hackett. You know, he had a he had a great career at Utah. And, um, you know, people were going to draw comparisons to us because we were two Australian punters in, in the combine. So, um, I knew they were going to... Uh, you know, compare us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, yeah, that's really about it. Hey, Locke, um, during your workout at the Combine, um, was it strictly directional? Did they ever let you um, just punt away straight down the field? Yeah, so they did. Um, we started with, uh, I think it was three down the middle, three to the right, three to the left, and then we went on to our pooch punt. So um, they did let you sort of just hit – I don't think it was direct, as middle punt. It was just called hit your best ball sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then you would go more directional, um, right and left. And, uh, I mean, that's what they, they care about is, uh, you know, a lot of guys can, can sit there and boom it down the middle, but can you hit it outside the numbers? Um, that, that was the main part. And that's what I really focused on in my training leading up to the one. Awesome. Speaking of training, I think Chris has a question – uh, to ask you about training uh, one of the legendary punters out there, or punting coaches out there. Yeah. Yeah, so as you were preparing for your uh, the combine, bath, you know, I, I, I happen to notice you, you train a lot with Darren Bennett, right? Fellow Australian? Yes, sir. Is he, all right, well, he's a phenomenal guy. Brian and I have had the chance to know him, Love him. Uh, over the years. He's awesome. What's it like working with him, and is, is he like the GOAT for Australian Punters to look up. To. He, 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 <laughs> he he's the Godfather, I guess. Um, that's what you call him. He uh, <laughs> he's the real Godfather. I was lucky enough. I was lucky enough to uh, um, yeah, to get hooked up with him in my training, and and uh, he took me in. Um, you know, let me stay at his house. Um, you know, they cooked for me. They gave me a car to drive around. Um, nice. And, and you know, they really they really went above and beyond for me um, throughout the whole the whole. Uh, training you know and now I, I just go out there every time I you know come back from the season or you know between OTAs and camp I'll go out there and get a tune-up with him before um before I head back um you know he's a great coach he's a great partner but he's you know he's an even better guy so um you know I was really fortunate to get hooked up with him awesome absolutely yeah we, we've been fortunate to to be to be around him and actually learn some really good punting drills uh this is a random question Locke we asked um Hennessy this uh on the, on the previous pod, um, but one of the most popular entrepreneurs out there is Gary Vaynerchuk, and he loves the Jets. He's a huge Jets fan, uh, just from following him. Uh, he has he ever reached out to you? Yeah, um, you know me, me and Gary have had a few conversations and a little couple back and forth on uh, on social media. Um, but no, he's a uh, he's definitely an energetic guy. Loves the Jets. He's down on the sidelines every now and then. Um, you know, it's great to have those kind of fans um, around. Um, you know, wishing you support and stuff. Yeah. Um. Have you had a chance to meet him yet? I have. Yeah. You know, every time I see him on the sideline, I'll go say what's up. He came out to Miami game my my rookie year, and then I saw him again a couple times this year on the sideline. And nice. um, I haven't gone out to his uh his office yet, but I think I have to do that this off season some stage. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got so many connections with brands, etc. I think he could really help you out. Um, Definitely. Another question. Um, obviously, you've, you've uh, been in some pretty sweet stadiums, uh, college-wise and NFL-wise, but uh, I'm just curious from the college level, and, and then Chris can ask about the NFL level. Uh, were there any college stadiums that you were excited about or like, man, I, this is a popular stadium. I can't believe I'm playing here. Like, were there any that you played at the college level? Yeah, so, um, you know, luckily enough, the FCS level, we get to play a, uh, a D1 team every year. And uh, my, my first year was the, the second game I ever punted in. Um, we played at Texas A&M against, uh, you know, that's when Johnny Manziel was playing. Nice. And, um, we actually put up, we actually put up a pretty good fight. Um, but that was a, that was a great stadium to play in. Um, definitely one of the better atmospheres I've been in. Um, and then also my second year, we went to LSU and we uh, <laughs> we got spanked. But um, I think I punted eleven times, so I got my fair share of uh, LSU of LSU's grass. But um, yeah, that was uh, that was another great stadium to play in, Death Valley. It was uh, yeah, it was crazy to run out, um, you know, in front of a hundred thousand people from a small school like Sam Houston State. Very cool. Nice. Um, so, yeah, well, and then NFL, I guess, uh, you know, MetLife is, you know, it's actually a really big stadium. I didn't um, sort of realize how big it was when I when I first got there. And then, um, yeah, it's great to play out, you know, in front of the fans every week in, uh, in New York. Nice. Hey, I got a question. I just want to bring it back to the draft one more time um, just to try to understand the process for a lot of the listeners. So the, the combine finished. You felt like you did pretty good. Um, between that point and the actual NFL draft, um, what was it like? Did you get some calls? Did you get some workouts? And then what was it like on draft day or the draft three-day period for you? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I thought I did all right coming out of the combine. I, I didn't really I didn't really know where I sort of sat among the standings. I knew I, I wasn't, you know, down the bottom, but I, I didn't know sort of how teams sort of looked at, at the top sort of guys. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I uh, after that we went to um, went back to Sam Houston, kept training, and uh, went out to San Diego another time, and then and just hung around waiting for some calls, and you know got a couple of private workouts with some team. Um, the Jets were pretty interested in me from um, pretty interesting me from uh, the NFLPA Bowl. I met with the GM and stuff at, at that bowl game. And then, you know, at the combine, they didn't really talk to me, which I thought was funny. But now I understand that the poker game that, that recruiting is. Um, but the, the whole uh, private workout process, you know, some people come out and, you know, they, they have a pretty structured workout for you. And some other teams sort of just, you know, they sort of let you do your thing. So, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of funny how it all worked out, and, and then the draft day, you know, I, I knew I, I wasn't going to be one or two. Um, I knew I was going to go somewhere. I didn't know whether I was going to be drafted or just, um, you know, a, an, a free agent. So um, I, I wasn't sort of expecting to be drafted. Um, it was a, it was a crazy process. So you know, you get, you get a call in on the morning of the last day. I think it was, it was two days after my birthday when I got drafted as well. So. Um, yeah. I was just hanging out with my friends and, um, you know, that morning I got a couple calls, you know, there was, there was a few different teams calling and sometimes they call just to sort of set up uh, for you to come out there as a free agent um, rather than, you know, say we're going to put your name on the ticker. So, uh, 
you know, I kept an open mind every time I picked up the phone. But um, as as the day got on, we got to the seventh round, and and that's when I knew if I was going to get drafted, it was going to be in that stage. And uh, you know, when I saw the the New Jersey area code pop up on my phone, uh, you know, I got pretty excited, and it was uh, it was a scout that had sort of hung around with me a couple of times, and um, you know, said, congratulations, I'm going to put your name in, and uh, welcome to the Jets. And then I spoke to everyone, and I stepped outside to, to talk to people, and then I heard everyone in the house just start screaming, and that was because <laughs> uh, my my ugly mug was awesome. up on the TV. Yeah, now was a great day. That's fantastic! Wow. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, just, I think there's only so many specialists that get drafted every year. It could be anywhere from two to, to five guys, six guys. So that's just an uh, outstanding accomplishment, uh, especially just, you know, coming from the Australian background, which is becoming more common uh, in the States. Um, there are some very successful Australian uh, punters that are now um, even in the league. So uh, kudos yeah, to you. Um, I, have, I have a tricky question here. So, well, not, not tricky, just – Curious, so when you're learning about American football and, and then you're getting involved and you go to Sam Houston State, um, obviously you start learning that holding is really important in the NFL. So when did you start uh, picking up holding and knowing, okay, I need to really work on the skill set, and, and what, what year did you become really good at it so that way when you were in the NFL you were able to do that nice and nice and smoothly? So that's the, the funny thing was, Every team that came around and worked me out asked me about my holding because I never held in a college game. Um, I held, you know, most days of practice and, and uh, it was never in live reps. So it was always just in the sideline waiting to go because we always had our, you know, third or fourth string quarterback at college as a holder of fakes and stuff. So um, I actually never held in a college game. It wasn't until the NFLPA ball that I actually held in live reps and then uh, uh, in a game. So, um that was a big question that every team was asking me was, can you hold? Because it's such a, you know, every puncher is expected to hold when you get to the NFL. And, um, so it was funny that that was a big question coming into, you know, uh, my NFL career was, was can you hold? And, and every team was more sort of worried about my holding than my punting abilities, okay. I think. And so then obviously you were able to portray that you could, that you could do that. And then once they saw that you were pretty, pretty good at it, they had no issues. Yeah, that's it. And then, Ever since uh, the end of my college career, it's just I think it's just a reps game. You know, you got to get as many reps in as you can um, at doing it and, until you get it down. Cool. Well, I think Chris has one final question for you, Locke. Yeah, man. Uh, really enjoyed this interview so far, and I love the insight about just the draft process and what it was like because any aspiring specialist, you know, wants to go through that process, and there's only so few. So, um, you know, we know that you came from Australia – um, Darren Bennett's the GOAT, you know, the godfather. Besides him, did you have any punters that you looked up to or kind of idolized and was like, I want to be like him as you were starting to really get into punting? Um, I mean, that, that's the thing. As, as well, I didn't really have uh, a great knowledge of uh, the NFL when I first got there. So there wasn't really many guys that I sort of watched, you know, weekly and said, oh, you know, I want to be like that guy. So. I guess my sort of technique stayed very, you know, uh, you know, as, as me as it could be. Um, but, you know, I always look up to guys like, you know, Shane Lecker, he's played, you know, he's, he's had a, he's had a long, long career. So if you, if, if you can play that long in the NFL, you've been doing something right for a long time. So, um, to be that reliable, 
and uh, you know, punt like he's punted for as many seasons as he has is, is something that I look up to, and definitely something that I, you know, aspire to be able to be like that. Nice. All right, sorry, Luck, I got one more question here. Um, I've been enjoying hearing the process and what it's been like for you for kind of the last five or six years. And you could almost argue that you're kind of newer to it than others, but um, what are some things that you've learned so far being in the NFL over the last two years that you are going to carry into the offseason to get yourself ready for next year? Um, it's really just sort of just keeping, you know, keeping your mind on that next punt. Um, you know, once, once you've hit, once you hit a ball and, you know, the play's over, you can't, whether it was a good ball or the worst ball you've ever hit, you, you really got to move on. you got to make your adjustments and, and keep playing the game. And, um, you know, maybe my first year when that's what I wasn't very good at was, you know, you had one bad punt and you sort of go into damage control because you don't want to hit another bad punt and then sort of ruin the day. But if you're going out there um, sort of, uh, you know, Light, lighthearted and not trying to hit a ball, then then you're gonna you're gonna do bad. You're not gonna be as fluid and as, as smooth as you need to be. So um, it's really just just you know if you hit a, a ball you're not very happy with, just just go back to um, you know go back to your your methods and you know do your drops, get get a couple of snaps, and then move on to the next pond. Don't don't really worry about that last pond. And I think that's sort of what helped me this year was uh, just being more focused the game, not not sort of uh, you know, not not worried about missing the ball. Just go out there and hit the ball, you know? Yeah, for sure. Man, Laka, we, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. And for all those listeners, um, make sure to follow him on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, again, it's L-A-C-H underscore Edwards 49. Uh, follow him on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, reach out to him, uh, especially, um, I mean, we, this is an international podcast. We've had people from Australia listen beforehand. I'm sure we'll get a few more now that Locke's been on here, but uh, any of you guys that are aspiring punters, holders, uh, make sure to reach out to Locke. And, um, again, hey, we really appreciate you being on and, and spending your time with us. Yeah, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks again, Locke. Really enjoyed this interview, and we'll stay in touch here down the road as well. And, and, and good luck this offseason preparing for next year. No worries. Thank you very much. All right, mate. Later. Wow. That was great, Chris. What an awesome interview with Locke Edwards. I enjoyed that one. You know, every week, uh, every specialist that we interview, there's always kind of a unique take or a unique aspect for it. So, obviously, it was great that he was a punter, but it was fun to get his take on on, on the process as an Australian, but also the, the process of being drafted, you know, and what he went through, and I found that probably the most interesting. And, and I hopefully all you listeners out there like it. And, um, and kind of and, and share the interview with other people because I think they're going to enjoy what it was like uh, to hear about his process as well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's just uh, cool as a cucumber, man. He's just real even kill. It sounds like uh, I really um, enjoyed hearing him. How you know he didn't really know a whole lot of the coaches, so you know when he was in those interviews, he was just talking to you know regular guys in his mind, you know, so he wasn't nervous. So I thought that was an interesting take and and. Um, He's done everything right, and looks like he's going to have a great career. Yep, I agree. So, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks again for listening to us, and we will see you next week. Yeah, make sure to subscribe to us, Fourth Down Experience, on iTunes and or SoundCloud. And definitely follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're always posting stuff. Uh, just, again, Fourth Down Experience is our social handles. 
as well as uh, Special Teams FB for Chris and Team Jackson Kicking for myself. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. It's been a fantastic podcast. Our first Australian and our second punter. Wow, this has just been a great ride, and, and we're excited for more interviews in the future. Yep. Hey, guys, actually, if you could do us one favor, we haven't asked yet. On, on iTunes, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're about 16 podcast interviews in, and just let us know what you think. Thank you, guys. Yep. All and right. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.